0: How
1: very much i've loved you how very much i've tried my
2: best to give you a good life he said jesus himself
3: said the son of god in this law he said of all the law and all the promise childish manner
4: scott and i impishly danced around his body before he was dead just Strangely enough, it was a rush. A teenager's rush.
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
5: Yeah!
1: Hey, strangers, it's been a while. Like I said, in my little This Week in Crime that was just centered around the one case of a young girl who's 17 years old 17 or 18, I believe she was 17, and she was going to be soon to be 18, as it was going to be her birthday soon, uh, was murdered by her on-and-off boyfriend. Um, I have a quick update to give on that because new information has come to light. Um, Apparently, they found somewhat of what could possibly be a motive for why he did what he did. But apparently what happened was on that fateful day, uh, Bianca agreed to go with Brandon to a local concert that was going to be happy that she actually attended yesterday. And the only reason why she wanted to attend this concert was because there was a boy, I guess that she was crushing on or had a crush on. And um, she's agreed to go with him just simply for that reason. But it's not known if Brandon was aware of this guy that she apparently liked um, or anything like that. Because apparently again, um, it is said That uh, it's actually, to be honest with you, the information that I'm getting, one news site says they were boyfriend and girlfriend. The other news site says they were simply just, it was a case of stalking. And uh, so I would rather prefer to, if I was a gambling man, I would put my money down on he was simply just a stalker, somebody who became infatuated her after finding her Instagram and just following her. He probably became attached. She probably gave him a message and he she intended it one way and he took it another way thinking that, oh, maybe I have a chance with this chick. Who knows? No one really knows. Only they do. Um, But like I said, if I was a betting man, I would go on the fact that he was probably a stalker. But what had happened was when he took her to the concert, um, she kind of like left him by himself and she went and went to go talk to that guy that she liked. And I guess what happened is um, she well, – he. I guess he saw her kissing him, and he didn't really like that. So he decided to tell her, oh, you know, hey, let's go home, or I guess it's getting late. We, I should probably take you home. And that's when he decided to do what he did because of jealousy and a fit of rage. He decided to do that, um, and his motivation was for the fact that she treated him like shit, in his words – treated him like shit and um was constantly abusive because he's a nice guy apparently so that's the quick little update of information that i have as soon as i find more information or if he has a video of him being interrogated or anything comes to light you will know that i'll be the first to fucking tell you people so uh let's get into the episode that you came here for this episode is all about that shitty human being Piece of human garbage known as Chris Watts. So let's get into it.
6: I was in a bad place. Um, And I was unhappy. I was not happy with myself. I didn't feel good about myself. I lost so many friends because no one understood the challenges that I was happening. I looked like this still, but my inside felt awful. Um, Everything was just bad. Um, And I lost a lot of friends. Um, I had people who I thought were my closest friends who didn't believe me, um, didn't believe I felt amazing, didn't believe I was struggling, didn't believe I was hurting, a lot of stress, you know, and all that was going on in my life. And so at that same time I was in this bad place, I met my, my, Chris, I met my husband now. And he's been the best thing besides my children that has ever happened to me because he's understood my struggles. He was okay with me canceling dates or canceling reservations or canceling last minute because 10 minutes ago I felt amazing and then 10 minutes later I didn't. Um, I I believe things happen for a reason. I believe the struggle I had that year um, helped me see my husband. I believe God works in mysterious ways. I believe he places people in your life at the right time. Um, six months to me, meeting Chris, I didn't I ignored his friend request. Um, my friend sent us both a friend suggestion for each other, and I deleted it. Didn't need anything about him. I didn't want him. Um, and then six fast forward six months, I was diagnosed with my health challenges and was in a pretty rough place. And he sent me a friend suggest a friend request. I said, "What the heck? Let's." We're never gonna meet. It's just Facebook, right? Thing about Facebook is you eventually hardly meet the person, um, which is great. And we met, and we fell in love. And long story short, we're here. I couldn't be. I couldn't have asked God for a better man in my life because he's so supportive. He takes care of me. He's um, he's becoming funnier in his date old age. I tell him. Um, he's sexy. He's good looking. Um.
1: On the surface level, Shannon and Chris Watts' family seemed like something straight out of a Disney fairy tale book. But unbeknownst to Shannon, or anyone for that matter, no one would know the darkness and evil that would be lurking in Chris Watts in the coming months. Shannon returned home from a business trip to Arizona at about 1.48 a.m. on August 13, 2018 having received a ride from her friend and colleague named Nicole Utoff-Atkinson. Chris was home with the children. Later that day, Shannon and the two children were reported missing by Atkinson, who had become concerned when Shannon missed a scheduled OBGYN appointment as she was pregnant and failed to return text messages from Nicole. After Shannon missed a business meeting, Atkinson went to the Watts home at approximately 12.10 p.m. When the doorbell and the knocks went unanswered, Atkinson noticed, notified Chris and called the Frederick Police Department. Officers arrived to conduct a welfare check at about one forty p.m.
0: How you guys doing? Brother? What's that? Yeah. Hi Ben. Hi. you Nicole. Yes. Okay. So what's going on? So my friend, um, we were out of town for a business trip this weekend. All right. And I dropped her off at two o'clock this morning she's 15 weeks pregnant she wasn't feeling well and she had a doctor's appointment this morning at nine and i told her to let me know if she needed me to take her she's got two little girls and um she was very distraught over the weekend wasn't eating normally or drinking and we kept trying to force it on her because she's pregnant mm-hmm. um her husband and her supposedly are separating but she didn't know this. she thought they were just having issues he disclosed that to me today because okay. i called him and i was like have you talked or heard from shenan since you left for work this morning because i can't get a hold of her i've called i've texted her car's in the garage, her shoes she wears every single day right in the front door.
3: She only has one
0: vehicle? No, they only have the one vehicle in his work truck. Okay, that's and what I'm asking. There's a girl. only went on a play date, but they're four and two. She went on a play date, five and she came a car. They're both in car She had a doctor's appointment this morning at nine, and she didn't go to the doctor's appointment. Okay, no answer on the phone, husband's on his way. Supposedly, but he said that just and I called him and said there's 45 minutes out. And I have to call the door? You do? I do, but there's a thing on it. There's a. No, it'll. There's, there's a. They
7: have the thing flipped up here. Oh, what about the garage door? I guess. Is know there. Um,
0: do you mind calling him? And seeing if we can get a passcode to this, and get my give him, get me permission to go in.
1: Chris Rotz arrives at the home, and introduces himself to the local sheriff that was there on the scene conducting the welfare check, along with the neighbors and Nicole Shannon's friend. Chris opens up the garage and enters while looking at Shannon's vehicle. He opens it, sees whatever he sees inside, and then begins to head into the home. But he still has not given permission. For the officer to enter his home so the friends are starting to suspect something before chris even arrives home one of the neighbors begins talking to the officer i was going to include the audio from the body cam footage is what you're hearing about but it's too low and i can't up the volume enough to where it will sound right but he begins asking the police officer is chris coming The officer responds, having just spoken to Chris on the phone, saying he says he's on its way. He's going to be about 45 minutes. The neighbor then questions that, saying it shouldn't take 45 minutes because I know where Chris works. And he should be able to get on the I-45 or whatever he said. And it should only take him about 20 to 25 minutes, depending on traffic. And he goes, I don't think Chris is going to be coming at all. But Chris does indeed show up. And again, he enters the garage but still not giving permission for the officer to enter in the home. So the officer assumes he's just waiting for Chris to unlock the front door so he may enter. As he's waiting, the neighbor comes up, another neighbor comes up and speaks to the officer saying, I have some footage, but the only thing I can see on my video camera, on my security camera, is just Shannon being dropped off. And that's when Nicole says, oh, that's me. I'm that friend that dropped her off. But that's the only footage I have of her. Responds the neighbor. But the neighbor will come up again eventually, and I will show you that audio. But first, we continue when Chris finally lets the officer into his home.
0: Scott, how you doing? How's doing? So this is the only vehicle she would have. Only one. Time, yeah. She would drive. Okay. That's, that's me. You, yeah. The neighbors went and checked your camera, a light car drove at 1. It was me, though. That was me. I dropped her off. That was the last action on my camera. Good. That's throughout the whole day, or? Besides Chris leaving? Well, yeah. What about this? You know there's no way you can look for the day? During the daytime? Yeah. Her too. So she left with the friend, she would have took the car seats. Yeah, if you don't mind. Huh? Chris is in the house. We're standing outside at the table. Can we go in the house? We can. I mean, that's up to him. It's his house. If you, guys- you. I'm the to my mind if I come in, Chris. Can okay. you check up She's not there. I just want to make sure she's not passed out somewhere. If is she diabetic? You mind if I look around? Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Thanks. <laughs>
1: So the officer begins searching the home after he was given permission by Chris Watts. But one thing notable, after viewing the body cam footage from the local sheriff that was there on the scene that was conducting the welfare check, Chris Watts seemed un- emotive. There was no emotion coming from him, no sense of concern for the the well-being of his two daughters. He was just simply fumbling around. Now, to be fair, no one really knows what their sense of mind and how they would be knowing that their daughters and their wife is missing. But the neighbors even point out that his mannerisms seem strange and the way he's acting seems strange. So, the officers soon go upstairs to check where they actually find Shannon's phone, wedding ring, and her purse, plus the car seats, which were already pointed out to the sheriffs that were there, that are still within the home, but there's still no sign of Shannon. And they begin questioning Chris, all while Chris is just simply not looking at the sheriffs, but only keeping his eyes on his phone.
0: Good phone. I'm checking the house for consent. Dollar phone. Oh, well, um, any friends she, that you know, she would be hanging out with, I mean, I know I guess her, Amanda, her, her uh, parents are out Amanda of state. Across, across country, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. So that's not happening. All the girls are blankies, they're Um They're blankets they sleep with, they don't leave anywhere without them. Good. Nothing else appears to be missing though. Just no, stuff don't you'd don't take for a quick trip. Her phone's here. Does she work? Yeah, she works from, from home. home. Oh, from home? She works this is her life I think that's I Oh, yeah. Trust oh, me. Yeah. It was shut down? She's in the fly. Yeah. Room. Well, what's originally on the propeller the yeah. Do you know her best. Um, I don't know her past It used to be 2385 and not 60. It's the baby's due date. But one, three, one, eight, nine, right. What does she do for work? She works a uh, direct sales company called Drive. How often does her blood sugar drop low? I see her friend in Arizona said that. Is. That's the first time it's ever happened. She normally has migraines like a like, while ago, but she, didn't have, she had them a lot this weekend. Cassie okay. is a nurse, so she figured it was because of blood pressure. Blood pressure sugar was dropping, yeah. Because she wasn't eating her not well. But she takes so a couple bites until so she was full. Okay. Uh, she, she, she doesn't ever black out or have seizures no, or anything mean, like no, that? No, I mean, long, so. long, long, long time ago. It had, she had she a car wreck, and I they believe that's what happened. But Emmetrex, that's something she takes for migraine. She she took more Emmetrex this last month than she ever had before, but that's just because she was in North Carolina with the humidity mm-hmm. and everything like that. She was there for six weeks, and we got back Monday or Tuesday, and then she flew out to Arizona Friday, Friday morning, and then she got back last night. About 2 a.m. Flight like got delayed. She left about 11. She got here at 2. Okay. And I went to work this morning about 5, 15, 5, what do you do? I work on gas. What do you do for them? Operate. Well, long days then? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely still be out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a long day, especially that
1: After a few hours of searching Chris Watts' home and getting no answers, either from the home or from Chris himself, who's constantly going from room to
0: room, checking for supposedly answers. But if you follow this case, you know damn well what he knows. Eventually they go and
1: meet with the next door neighbor who's also close friends with Shanann who has video of Chris doing something out of the ordinary. Who he actually points out to the officers. And that's when the panic sets in for Chris.
0: What's that? Some of the tools that I have in the toolbox. I knew I was going to have to do some pumping, pumping into rubbers today. That's so I was also bored You know, is this on con- continually? Yep. Recording? Yep. Well, it's not, is it motion, motion or is it? Event, okay, so it's motion. Any motion event that happens But I get cars driving from this street, from this street. And this is him at 517. Here's a new on the side. I was going to get everything back in. He's just so everything out there, all the tools that I had to bring in. What else can I do with it? My detective just showed up. Um, so he'll probably want to talk to you. you probably. Like I said, you might have to call at the bank and see if there's any kind of activity. Because um, if there is any sort of action, out there, I, like, I would have got it. Like right. had, I had, we had issues the other other week when people were, coming, were stealing stuff out of like garages and stuff like that. And I parked over there, and it was just like. But if any action would happen, any cars or anything left yeah. your house, I would yeah. have been yeah. like right in that area. Oh, it don't pick up anything coming down the street this way. Like, only no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Watch I'll show you. There's nothing on here. Everybody that out. But like you'll see this car. Mm-hmm. This oh. You can see this car. Right one. That one. That one. Oh. Okay. And they it's coming up all the way down there. Okay. He's next door. There we go. I was talking about this special. It'll be close Yeah, we can pick up car school. That's what we got to do. We're going to come in this way and make a turn. So, and usually at night I pick up the cars from and the ear turn. So, unless they pull it right here, that's yeah. what I would have caught her walking out. Decent. Decent. <laughs> Yeah, I've got nothing. Nothing for the rest of the day? No, uh, that's yeah. it. She's pregnant as well. How far along? 14 15. That's why her friend said it was both blood sugar. Let's see. <laughs> I've got her friend leaving her out here at, like, 2 you know, in the morning. Okay. My camera. She dropped it off and had it was 49. Uh, she's got my doorbell at 148, she came in. Okay. this is the 148. So as soon as he picks up motion, he'll, like fail. <laughs> How about That was the start of the video? Yep. I didn't pick her up going into the house though. And, and I usually pick him up when he comes walking through here. Mm-hmm. I don't him there. so it doesn't show her walking into the house.
1: So eventually, Chris Watts leaves to go speak with the detective that just arrived on the scene. As Chris Watts leaves, the neighbor that showed the video footage from his security camera that he has overlooking his vehicle and partially into the driveway of Chris Watts' home. He says to the officer and points out that he's acting out of the ordinary, that he's normally a quiet, subdued type of guy and doesn't really talk much. The detective, well, the officer on the scene says, is he normally quiet? And he says, yes, he's, it's very strange to me that he's constantly just saying what he's carrying to his car because he normally doesn't park his car, his truck into the garage. He usually just parks it on the street and just walks back and forth and loads it.
0: You just want to go talk to him. I'm going to get his info real quick. No. No. garage. Right. And it right. the street. The other thing doesn't make sense is why the whole See him the Are you able to record this? Uh-huh. I have like to call contact. I got get him to do whatever. We I got Justin and Gitto. And he back and forth. us that the To be completely honest with you, my wife and I were kind of wondering when she was on vacation if something happened. Because I've heard them pull out screaming at each other at the top of the corner, and It's crazy. Okay. And uh, that's pretty uh, recently. Yes. Uh, and that's why she recommended people. because she wanted to get away from the situation. Do you your idea? I was told over and over. Wouldn't it happen to do exactly? That's not going you you uh, yes, so, to be to That's But to the So, without a doubt, this thing's kind of odd to me why does he pull themselves up and pull themselves them up. Right. that. I've never seen him. If he loads his stuff he normally just walks back and forth because so I get him on the cinema. Walk and what did he usually load up? All he usually has is a lunch box and a book bag. Looks like a computer. And usually a water jug. That's it. But the fact that he was in here explaining to it over and over and over. Well, um, but it doesn't, she doesn't look worried. He looks like he's trying to cover his track. You know what I'm Right. But if he's loading his stuff, why doesn't he walking back and forth? But I can't see what he's doing in the back of the truck because people want to pick it up. You know, but they know my camera's there. Many of the neighbors have cameras around here you know? Um, I'm sure a bunch of them do have okay. sure. Yeah, we'll get up. Exactly. I'll do a search here in a minute. I just all these boards kept coming up missing, so we moved in here. I put this in, and like said, someone was breaking into it. He said that someone was breaking into his toolbox of his truck, so I told him he could park his truck out there and put the saw something. See something. I know you wanted to play with the baby so bad.
1: <laughs> As Nicole Atkinson comes over to the neighbor's house, who I believe is actually involved with the neighbor that shows the security camera, I believe that's his wife, they begin discussing the problems that have actually been going on within the Watts family home. He points out that they've been screaming at each other, arguing, fighting, and that a couple of weeks earlier, he could hear both Shanann and Chris screaming at each other at the top of their lungs, showing that there is indeed some type of problems within the home. Which is why he believes she wanted to get away, and she went with friends to Las Vegas, Nevada, just to probably get away from Chris Watts for a
0: little bit. Uh, <laughs> don't you think it's good I know. I'm no, I'm just saying it's kind of odd that he back behind my car. And cut off the, the trucks in the garage. Right yeah. If you never backs his truck into the garage, right, right. Right. decent, like, but like, yep. never back his truck up. it, he carried his stuff out of the house. Why have it on camera? Because so when he was parking his truck over here, the other thing about him, why she was gone, he kept parking his truck and her car over here. And I used to see him walk. Uh, was how did this happen? Oh, the car was parked over there for a long time, like a couple days. This was last weekend. Uh, No, okay. it was when she was out, I think six weeks. Oh, but I thought it was kind of odd that he never parked in front of here or right here. He said someone broke into his truck and he parked over there. I have no idea. Oh. Hey, that could be suspicious. He's normally, you can ask them, he's normally quiet, real subdued. He's over here to, telling you three times what he took out, what he did, what he did, what he did. He's very, he never talks. So the fact that he's over here blabbing his mouth makes me kind of suspicious. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, put yourself in his situation. Oh, I agree. You know, anyone's going to be nervous, and you don't know what to do. Um, no, I agree, but I'm just saying the way he told you three times what he brought with him. Why is he telling you exactly what he brought with him instead of saying, well, they didn't see anybody out here, They didn't see anybody doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why is he so worried about you knowing what he's carrying out? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. What's that? He's talking to him right now. Okay. Eventually,
1: the local media catches wind of the story about Shanann, Bella and Celeste who are both missing and give Chris Watts an interview discussing how he felt what was going through his head. And he says in the interview that he was just wanting to just get home from work. He started rushing home, just speeding, blowing through red lights. Yet it supposedly was going to take him 45 minutes to get home. When the police first arrived to do a welfare check after Nicole Atkinson had just called the police to report Shanann missing. Eventually an investigation is underway and soon some startling pieces come together in this puzzle of mystery and lies and deceit. And soon we truly find out just who Chris Watts
5: really is. He didn't have a wedding ring on his finger. And every time I talked to him, he didn't tell me that he was in a relationship. He didn't even mention his kids right away either. Um, And then one day he told me that he had two kids. I was like, that's pretty cool. And that's sort of telling me about his kids. That
4: sounded like a sarcastic comment. No,
5: I thought it was kind of cute. I was like, oh, he's a dad. It was like right around Father's Day, too.
4: Because we don't have it on tape, we discussed prior to turning the tape on, um, on Tuesday, which would have been the 14th of August, um, you had read some newspaper articles on the 13th and the 14th that regarded this case. You had also had a conversation with Chris at some point during the day on Monday. Uh, and on Tuesday, because of what you found, specifically what you said was, and I don't let me put words in your mouth, but you, knew, you found out that his um, wife was pregnant. And I, yes. And you did not know that prior. No. And you found that out via the newspaper articles, and that caused you concern.
5: Well, I just realized that he was lying to me, and I was like, well, if you can lie to me about this, what else are you lying to me about? And it made me realize that maybe his wife was in danger at that point, and it was day two, too, and she still wasn't home. The woman that you
1: hear speaking in the audio is a woman who remains anonymous that came forward after finding out that Shanann and Bella and Celeste were still missing. She decided to come forward as somebody who was secretly involved with Chris. Now, she claimed she didn't know that Chris Watts was still married or that he said that he was in the middle of getting a divorce. And she felt that she needed to come forward to maybe help in any way that she can in the investigation on Chris Watts as the investigation was coming to Chris Watts being the only suspect because there was no other evidence of an attempted kidnapping. If it was a kidnapping, if there was foul play, everything was linked to simply to just Chris Watts. And more and more, as it was progressing in the investigation, it just, only one person was standing to be the suspect and it was Chris Watts. So she came forward to give any light of any information of any kind to the background and the character of who Chris Watts really was.
4: So you re- just, you already said, but you removed text messages?
5: I deleted all of his stuff because he lied to me I mean that's what it was it was it was the hurt that made me delete it and then it was the lie that made me start questioning everything else he'd been telling me for the last few days
4: and that's when you decided to come forward yes Okay. so just for context yes when people delete stuff off phones usually we go no,
5: no no a no say, no it wasn't malicious wanted, at all right. it, it not, wasn't not malicious at all he 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 lied to me. It just hurt. Like I had never felt like he'd ever lied to me before, and it was a big lie. I mean, right. telling somebody that you're in the midst of a divorce and then you have a wife that has a 15 week old baby on the way is a huge, huge thing, and I was very taken back, and I was just it was hurt. And so at that point, I just I like, deleted it. I had a, I had a few more quick things to say to him, and then I just got rid of him. That's literally what I did. I just cut him out of my life. It would have honestly been like a bad breakup kind of thing. Like, if none of this other stuff would have happened, that's what it would have been. That would have been the end of it. The
4: information was not destroyed because there was anything in there that would be uh, harmful to you or potentially to Chris at this point, but harmful to you in particular, that's not what you did. No, 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 You did it out of, uh, excuse my language, this guy's an asshole, so I'm getting it rid of him, and I'm getting this stuff off my
5: phone. That was like me kicking him out of my life. Okay. And then, like I said, and then realizing that he lied, that was when I was like, okay, maybe his family is in danger, and they're not coming back, and they're not staying with a friend.
4: Um... Did he ever tell you that he loved you? Yes, he did. Did you ever tell him the same a
5: couple times?
4: Not withstanding that today because that may those thoughts may have changed for you, but on Let's go Monday Sunday into Monday or Monday Did you did you still love him on those days?
5: I think it was something where it was like I, I said it a few times and I meant it but he definitely felt the urge to say it to me a lot more than I did to him because it was just all very new to me. And I was like, take your time with this. Like, you don't need to, to like, rush that, you know? Like, I remember when he was in North Carolina and he was, like, trying to patch things up with his wife and he told me he loved me. And I was like, don't say that to me. Like, please go try to fit. And I mean, and that might even be in the text too. It's like, don't, don't, like, don't say those words to me and then go try to make peace with your wife and lay in bed with another woman. Like, just don't do that. And I was like, it's not that I don't appreciate what you're saying to me, it's like, just, it just didn't sit right for me, you know? So I just feel like- it almost like an insecurity
4: where he had to say that to you, or? I, I
5: don't know, I think he, he like, uh, looking back at all this now, I don't think he was trying to fix things with her. So saying I love you to me seemed like probably something that he genuinely meant. Like, I love this woman. And regardless of where he was going to end up that night.
1: After the woman that came forward saying that she was involved with Chris Watts for a few, few months, another person came forward, but this time being a man who claims that he was secretly in love, well, secretly lover of Chris Watts. That he met off of an app social media app called meet me and he claims that he would engage in sex with chris watts chris watts wasn't gay he claimed but chris watts was supposedly bisexual and had a sex addiction that only that lover could fulfill
4: some of the stuff you're talking about is pretty hard to believe and we're getting to the point where we're wondering if you're wasting our time
7: question or I mean I don't know how you want me to respond to that I don't know what else
6: you want me to
3: these are
4: the challenges that you
3: have right you told us that you watched the video over and over okay
0: so we know that you're aware of everything that's out there and all you've talked about are things
4: that anyone else knows you haven't brought forth any information
0: you're having sex with a guy in his car and you don't know anything about him other than what the public knows about him okay you took
4: $60 from him, You—you you were self-admitted booty call,
0: and so now we're wondering if you're a hooker who maybe blew a guy who was a
4: murderer and maybe feels guilty about it, or maybe feels like you're going to get in trouble about it. I don't know what's going on with you, but I don't know why you're here tonight. No, I'm not a hooker.
1: Unfortunately, like you heard in the audio, Nothing further of information came from speaking with the anonymous man that came forward about engaging in sexual acts after meeting Chris Watts through the social media app Meet Me, although he did claim that supposedly for a couple of months he would Chris Watts would go and see him and pay him to actually engage in oral sex while well, the anonymous man being the one that would give oral sex to Chris Watts and simply just talk about the miserable life he had with his wife Shanann, and how He hated the fact that she was constantly on Facebook Live, that he didn't really like being a person involved with somebody who constantly got satisfaction and gratification from constantly being on social media, even though it is kind of contradictory of himself to simply be the one meeting somebody off a social media app. seems hypocritical, at least. But during the investigation, Chris Watts was given multiple polygraph tests which he failed every single one. When he was finally confronted about failing each polygraph test, they started questioning him of if he truly knows the whereabouts of Bella, his daughter, Celeste, his other daughter, and his wife, Shanann, if he truly knows what happened to them, and if he has anything to do with their disappearance. Of course, he said no and came his innocence as Much as he could, until finally he broke down, and the officers convinced his father to speak with Chris, because Chris claimed he had something to get off his chest.
4: Hey, Chris, we're gonna let you have uh, however much time you need. Okay? Sure. Anybody was in there? No. Uh, yes. Sure.
3: They know how to No, just, just,
1: rage. So, do, all the bodies off or something. I mean, I didn't know what else to do. I, I don't know. nothing else to do. So, if it was hard to hear in that audio, Chris Watts confessed to his father that he claims what had happened that night was Shannon Shanann had flipped out and for unknown reasons, choked Bella and Celeste to death. And so in a fit of rage, his only action was to just choke Shanann to death. He had no clue what to do after they were gone. So the bodies of Watt's family were located by the authorities on the property of Watt's former employee, Anadarko Petroleum, on August 16th. Watts had been fired from his job on August 15th, the day of his arrest. Both Celeste and Bella's bodies were found hidden in oil tanks. Shanann was buried in a shallow grave nearby the oil tanks. On August 21st, Watts was charged with five counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one count per child cited as death of a child who had not yet attended 12 years of age. And the defendant was in a position of trust, unlawful termination of a pregnancy, and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. Because don't forget, Shannon was 15 weeks pregnant at the time of her death. Prior to being convicted and charged with the murders of Shannon, Bella, and Celeste, there was a lengthy trial. What the prosecutor had to paint the picture of was not how he killed Shannon and Celeste but why their opening statements began with a reading from Shanann's father and Shanann's brother it's a very sad read and if you're one who has children it could be hard to hear because it's not something that you would ever want to experience in your lifetime
3: good morning mr. Rizzo. good morning What I'd like to say to the courts that Shannon, Bella, and Nico loving caring people. They love life. They love being around people who love them. They also they always had good times. This is the first time they went to the beach this year and they loved it. But God only knows what happened that night. Life will never be the same without Shannon, Bella, and Celeste, and Nico had all their lives to live. They were taken by a heartless one. This is the heartless one, the evil monster, who dare you take the lives of my daughter Shannon, Bella, Celeste, and Nico. I trusted you to take care of them, not kill them, and they also trusted you the heartless monster and then you take them out like trash you disgust me they were loving and caring people you may have taken their bodies from me but you will never take the love they had for me they loved us more than you will ever know because you know what love you don't know what love is because if you did you would not have killed them You monster, thought you would get away with this. I don't know how, the cameras do not lie. You carry them out like trash of the house. Yes, I seen the videotape. You buried my my daughter, Shannon and, and Nico in a shallow grave. And then you put Bella and Celeste in huge containers of crude oil. You heartless monster, you have You have to live with this vision every day of your life, and I hope you see that every time you close your eyes at night. Oh, I forgot, you have no heart or feelings or love. Let me tell you something, I will think of them every day of my life, and I love them every day of my life. Prison is too good for you. This this is hard to say, but may God have mercy on your soul. I hope you enjoy your new life. It's nothing like the one you had out here. May the courts have no mercy on you. It's hard every day. It hurts in so many ways. I have read, heard people say that you're not a monster. No, you are not. You're an evil monster. Thank you. Love you, Shannon, Bella, and Nico. Love you, Pop Up, and Deb. And one other thing, and Shannon says, she is super excited for justice today. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, sir.
7: Your Honor, Frankie Rusick, Jr. He has asked me to read his statement for him, but he would like to stand with me if that's OK. Of course. You went from being my brother, my sister's protector, one of the most loved people in my family, to someone I will spend the rest of my life trying to understand. What gave you the right to put your hands on a woman, let alone my best friend, my beloved sister, your daughters, and your son. Why weren't they enough for you? In the blink of an eye, you took away my whole world, the people that mattered to me the most. Everything in my life I loved, your children. They trusted you, they loved you. They looked up to you because you promised to keep them safe. Instead, you turned on your family. My blood is boiling as I write these last words because they are the last you will ever hear from me. I can't even think of the right words to describe the betrayal and the hate I feel. And to be honest, you aren't even worth the time and effort it takes to put my pen to this paper. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't cry for my family. They were my whole world. All I do is ask myself why. Why would you do this? You don't deserve to be called a man. What kind of person slaughters the people that love them the most did you really think you would get away with this did you really think that this was your best option to throw away your family like they were garbage they deserve better and you know it i hope you spend the rest of your life staring at the ceiling every night being haunted by what you've done none of us deserved this hearing my mother and father cry themselves to sleep in this hotel room causes me anguish that is beyond words i can't describe how this feels how badly my heart is breaking for my poor parents we trusted you you have taken away my family from this earth but you can never take them from my heart you took away my privilege of being an uncle to the most precious little girls i've ever known i will never hear the words uncle frankie again but you will never be called dad again either you'll never be able to put your hands on another woman let alone my best friend my beloved sister and your son i just can't comprehend how they weren't enough for you Shanann, bella and cece loved you more than anyone you were their hero how could you destroy the people who loved them the most i pray that you never have a moment's peace or a good night's rest in the cage you'll spend every day of your life in a cage you are privileged to live in because my family isn't evil like you we begged the district attorney to spare your life despite because despite everything we believe that no one has the right to take the life of another even even someone like you I feel sorry for your family. I know the pain that they must feel knowing that they can't hug you because that's how my mother, father and I feel every time we cry for our family. Nothing hurts more than watching or hearing my family weep for their loved ones. I just wish that I could tell that you would tell the truth but I know that that is asking for more than you are capable of. I stayed up all night writing this statement. I don't sleep because of you. My life will never be the same because of you, but at least my conscience is clear. I get to live free, but I can't say the same for you. I haven't slept in two days because I've been anxiously waiting for this moment, the moment I get to tell you how I feel, how this has affected my family and I. My family and I can finally grieve after today. If anything, we will come out of this stronger today than we were before, and we will continue to pray for your family. Sincerely, Frankie Rusick.
1: and brother read their letters, Chris is simply sitting down in the courtroom with his head hung low. Never once does he pick his head up to look at any of them. He simply just keeps his emotions in himself and just constantly looks down at the floor. Next is Shanann's mother who comes up to read her letter. And it's another heart-wrenching letter that she reads and hopes that Chris hears it as well.
2: My name is Sandra Rusak, Shanann's mother. I wanted to say thank you for this moment. I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has prayed for our beloved family, who had sent gifts, cards to us from all over the world. I know God will put the evil people where they need to be. So I also want to take the time to thank the town of Frederick, um, Greeley, uh, FBI, the DA's office, the CBI, for exceptional work. We thank Nicole um, Atkinson, um, Shannon's neighbor Nathan, and his family. Um, to me, they're our heroes. They really they really are, God bless. Um, God makes no mistakes on who he puts in your life. Marriage is about love, trust, and friendship and unity. We marry for sickness and health, to death do us part. Our daughter Shannon loved You with all of her heart your children loved you to the moon and back shannon's family was her world shannon put a crown on your head but unfortunately the day that you took their life god removed that crown we loved you like a son we trusted you your faithful wife trusted you your children adored you and they also trusted you your daughter, Bella Marie, sang a song proudly, and I don't know if you got to see it, but it was, Daddy, you're my hero. I have no idea who gave you the right to take their lives. But I know God and his mighty angels were there at that moment to bring them home to paradise. God gives us free will. So not only did you take the family of four, your family of four, you took your own life. I want the world to know that our daughter and her children were so loved by us. They will always be protected by God and his mighty angels. I didn't want death for you because that's not my right. Your life is between you and God now and I pray that he has mercy for you. From Shannon's mother, Bella Marie, Celeste Catherine, and Nico Lees. Nana. Thank you, Honor.
1: Up next to speak, Chris Watts' mother and father. Uh, but before they speak, their lawyer that they brought spoke f- spoke for them. Not their letters. They actually read their letters, but the lawyer speaks on behalf of them. Stating to the judge that they appreciate that despite what Chris Watts had done and claims to have done, they appreciate the fact that they will not be seeking the death penalty, but they will be seeking to sentence him for two life sentences. And as they go on, Chris Watts is still devoid of any emotion and simply just looking at the ground. Never once looking up, never once looking at his mother or father, nor did he look at Shanann's father or brother, still just devoid of any emotion.
8: Cindy Watts. My name is Cindy Watts. I am the grandmother of two beautiful granddaughters, Bella Marie Celeste Catherine Watts. I am also the mother of Christopher Watts, who I will be directing most of my statement to. First, I'd like to begin by recognizing the absolute horror of this crime and acknowledging the devastating loss that both the Rusek family, as well as our family, have faced. Our families have been irreparably broken by the needless deaths of Shanann, Bella, Cece, and Nico. This is something we will never get over. We will always mourn the loss of our family, and in that, we are united in our grief. I am still struggling to understand how and why this tragedy occurred. I may never be able to understand and accept it, but I pray for peace and healing for all of us. now to my son Christopher, I have known you since the day you were born into this world. I have watched you grow from a quiet and sweet, curious child who Bella reminded me so much of to a young man who worked hard in sports and later mechanics to achieve your goals. You are a good friend, brother, father, and son. You have We have loved you from the beginning and we still love you now. This might be hard for some to understand how I can sit here under these circumstances and tell you, although we are heartbroken, although we can't imagine what could have led us to this day, but we love you. Maybe you can't believe it either. As the Lord said in Jeremiah 3.31, I have loved you with an everlasting love therefore i have continued my faithfulness to you and you as your mother chris i have always loved you and i still do i hate what has happened your father and sister and i are struggling to understand why but we will remain faithful as your family just as god remains faithful because of his unconditional love for all for us all we love you (laughs) We forgive
9: you. Judge if I could read Mr. Watts statement. My name is Ronnie Watts, and I am the grandfather of Bella Celeste, Nico Watts, and I am the father of Shannon. I am the father of Christopher Watts as well. And one of the most important things I've done in my life is to raise my children and to watch as they started their own families. I spent many years coaching Little League and talking to my son, taking him to the races, and sharing my love and knowledge of cars with him. He was just as involved with his girls. I believe he loves his girls. I know he does. This tragedy has impacted my family in so many ways beyond losing our precious grandchildren, our beloved daughter-in-law. We are forced to question everything. We still don't have all the answers and I hope one day, Christopher, you can help us. Chris, I want to talk to you as a father and son. You are here today accepting responsibility but I want to tell you this now. I love you. Nothing will ever change that, and I want you to find peace, and today is your first step. The Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us. Chris, I forgive you, and your sister forgives you, and we will never abandon you, and we love you dad.
1: For the first time, Chris Watts actually shows some sort of emotions when his mother actually begins to speak. Whether it's what is in what she reads in her letter that strikes something with Chris, but he begins breathing heavily, almost like as if he's trying to hold back tears. And it kind of reminds me, if you've never seen this movie, then you're probably not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. But in the movie Scrooge with Bill Murray, it's a fucking awesome movie. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. I believe it's still on Netflix, but check that fucking movie out. It's amazing. It's awesome. I love watching that movie, especially during Christmas because it is a Christmas movie, but it's Scrooge and it stars Bill Murray. But in that movie is a scene when he meets the ghost of Christmas past because it's basically the fucking charles dickens story um when he when he meets the ghost of christmas past he shows him his mother and he goes and the ghost of christmas past always says i don't care how tough you are whenever they see their mothers they always always cry and bill murray's like i won't cry and he ends up crying but that's what it just fucking reminds me of. So if I lost you, I'm sorry. But yes, go go watch that movie Scrooge with Bill Murray. It's fucking awesome. It's an awesome movie. But back to Chris Watts. So now that the mother, the brothers from both sides of the family speak, now the prosecution starts their case. And in a very chilling graphic detail, he begins to talk about exactly what Chris Watts did to both Bella, Celeste, and his wife, Shanann, in a very graphic detail and chilling. So you're gonna be listening to that right now.
7: Your Honor, there are no words to adequately describe the unimaginable tragedy that brings us before this court today. By my comments, I'm not even gonna try to express the horror, the pain, or the suffering that the defendant has caused to these families, to this community, and to all who were a part of this investigation. However, I do want to spend a few minutes sharing with the court the details of the crime, as so far you've only had an opportunity to review the affidavit and a few facts here and there that have been offered to the court in the motions and pleadings that have been filed. The questions that have screamed out to anyone who will listen since August 13th of 2018 are why and how. Why did this have to happen? How could a seemingly normal husband and father annihilate his entire family? For what? These are the questions that only one individual in this courtroom or on this planet knows the answers to. I fully expect we will not receive the answers to these questions today, nor will will we at any point in the future. I don't expect that he will ever tell the truth about what truly happened or why. Even if he did, there is no rational way that any human being could find those answers acceptable responses to such horrific questions. The best we can do is try to piece together some kind of understanding from the evidence that is available to us. And the evidence tells us this. The defendant coldly and deliberately ended four lives. Not in a fit of rage, not by way of accident, but in a calculated and sickening manner. Shanann was 34 years old. She had married the defendant in November of 2012. Over the weekend leading up to August 13th, she had been at a work conference in Phoenix, Arizona and uh, returned home in the early morning hours of August 13th. We know that she got home about 1.45 in the morning. The doorbell camera on their home shows her arriving back home uh, from the airport. Shortly thereafter, at least according to the defendant, they had a, what he referred to as an emotional conversation about the state of their marriage and about what their lives would look like going forward. What was said during that emotional conversation, only he knows. What we do know is that shortly after that, the defendant strangled her to death with his own hands. We know that he slowly took her life the morning of August 13th. We know that this was not done in an uncontrolled, vengeful manner that he tried to describe to agents from CBI and the FBI. If that were the case, you would expect to see vicious, horrible bruising about her neck, shoulders, and face. You would expect to see the hyoid bone in her neck broken. You would expect to see some kind of defensive wounds on his body as she struggled and fought for her own life. None of those are present. The only injuries that were on Shanann's body were one set of finger uh, or bruising, what appeared to be fingernail or finger mark bruising to the right side of her neck. We know that our experts will tell us that it takes two to four minutes to strangle someone to death manually with their own hands. The horror that she felt as the man that she loved wrapped his hands around her throat and choked the life out of her must have been unimaginable. Even worse, what must Bella, age four, and Celeste, age three, must have experienced or thought as their father, the one man on this planet who was supposed to nurture and protect them was snuffing out their lives. They both died from smothering. Let me say that again. The man seated to my right smothered his daughters. Why? Imagine the horror in Bella's mind as her father took her last, last breaths away. Your Honor, I understand very clearly, Bella fought back for her life. The frenulum, the connective tissue between her upper lip and her gum, had an inch and a half, excuse me, a centimeter and a half laceration. She bit her tongue multiple times before she died. She fought back for her life as her father smothered her. Celeste had no such injuries. In fact, she had no external injuries at all. But according to the medical examiner, she was smothered nonetheless. The defendant then methodically and calmly loaded their bodies into his work truck, not in a hasty hasty or disorganized way. He was seen from the neighbor's doorbell camera backing his truck into the driveway, going back and forth into the house and back out to the truck three different times one time for each of their bodies. He then drove them away from their family home one final time, intent on hiding any evidence of the crimes that he had just committed. In one final sign of callousness for his wife, his daughters, and their unborn son, and their remains, he drove them to a location that he thought no one would ever find them, to one of the oil tank batteries with which he was so familiar. He knew this was safe. He had texted a coworker the night before saying I'll head out to that site, I'll take care of it. He had carefully ensured that he would be alone in the middle of the plains to secrete away the remains of his family in a place that he hoped they would never be found. In one final measure of disrespect for the family he once had, he ensured that they would not be together even in death, or so he thought. He disposed of them in different locations. He buried Shanann and Nico in a shallow grave away from the oil tanks. Bella and Celeste were thrown away in the oil tanks at this facility. Different tanks, so these little girls wouldn't be together in death. Imagine this, Your Honor. This defendant took those little girls and put them through a hatch at the top of an oil tank, eight inches in diameter. Bella had scratches on her left buttocks from being shoved through this hole. A tuft of blonde hair was found on the edge of one of these hatches. The defendant told investigators that Bella's tank seemed emptier than CC's because of the sound that the splashes made. These were his daughters. Significantly when his co-workers arrived at the tank battery later that morning To a person they all described him as acting completely normally it was a normal work day even while his daughter sank in the oil and water not far away from him and then his efforts at deception truly began we've all seen the emotionless interviews that the defendant gives to the local media asking for help in locating his family we watched as he claimed that the house was empty without them and that he hoped that they were somewhere safe and that he just wanted them to come home. He told investigators that they were at home sleeping when he left for work that morning, and that Shanann had told him that he was, she was taking the girls to a friend's house for the day. What is striking about this case, Your Honor, beyond the horrors that I've already described to you, is the number of collateral victims that he created by his actions. While he stood in front of TV cameras asking for the safe return of his family, Scores of law enforcement officers, neighbors, friends and family scoured the area, fretted for their safe return. They texted him begging for any information and sending him their best wishes, all the while he hid what he had done. All of this, your honor, for what? Why? Why did this have to happen? His motive was simple, your honor. He had a desire for a fresh start to begin a relationship with a new love that overpowered all decency and feelings for his wife, his daughters, and unborn son. While Shanann texted the defendant over and over again in the days and weeks leading up to her death, attempting to save her marriage, the defendant secreted pictures of his girlfriend into his phone and searched and texted, excuse me, texted her at all hours of the night. While Shanann sent the defendant self-help and relationship counseling books, one of which, ironically enough, was thrown in the garbage. He was searching the internet for secluded vacation spots to take his new love in researching jewelry. And while Shanann took the girls to visit family in North Carolina, the defendant went to car museums and the sand dunes with his new girlfriend. The stark contrast between the subjects of their internet and text content is absolutely stunning. Even the morning after he killed them, and disposed of their bodies, he made several phone calls. One was to the school where the girls were supposed to start, telling the school that he would, that the girls would not be coming to school anymore, that they were being unenrolled, presumably to give him some more time before law law enforcement notification about them going missing. He contacted a realtor to start discussing the selling of his house and he texted with his girlfriend about their future. None of this answers the questions of why, however. If he was this happy and wanted a new start, get a divorce. You don't annihilate your family and throw them away like garbage. Why did Nico, Celeste, Bella, and Shanann have to lose their lives in order for him to get what he wanted? Your Honor Justice demands the maximum sentence under the agreement reached by the parties.:
6: Hey everybody. Say hi. Say hi. You don't want to say hi? Um, so I just wanted to come on here live. say hi. <laughs> hi, hi. Um, so Saturday's here, I don't even know what time it is. It's 830 here um, in Colorado and uh, I love waking up now on Saturdays and being able to enjoy my family. We never have to, (laughs) careful Cece. We never have to really, uh, we never have determined where we're going. No plans really. Summer's coming. Summer's coming and we're super excited. Um, Bella, Bella, come here for a second baby. I'm really excited for summer because um, so much goes on in the summer here in Colorado. There's concerts every weekend, um, Friday, Saturday nights. There's always some kind of concert
1: going on. So as you heard within the audio, finally Chris Watts was sentenced by the judge for life in prison. He was actually sentenced to three counts of uh of life sentences uh to run consecutively um and also he was also charged for the unlawful termination of a pregnancy because chris and Sh- Shannon watts were actually expecting a baby boy which th- that's why you heard the name nico because they were planning on naming the little boy nico um, but chris watts obviously pleaded guilty to the murder and the death penalty as you heard in the audio should have heard in the audio i know it was kind of lengthy but i wanted to i didn't want to like cut it up a lot because i felt like if i cut it up too much you might get confused on certain things that was being said so i just kind of kept it in its entirety but when the actual um prosecutor was talking uh he actually had more to say that i didn't include The the uh, length that he talks for is his whole runtime was about 13, 14, almost 15 minutes, and I cut it down to eight minutes, Um, so if you want to hear the rest of it, uh, just search the trial on YouTube, you can find it anywhere, you can find the documentary about him, there's been plenty of coverage of Chris Watts, but um, obviously as they said, um, as they told the district attorney, and they pleaded to the judge, the death penalty was not put forward by the district attorney on the request of Shanann's family, who did not wish. ...for any further deaths. So they actually, like the the judge and the prosecutor said... um, ...they showed him more mercy than he showed his own fucking family. And that's sad. And um, they honored that deal. And on November 19th, he was sentenced... ...to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So, yay. And then on December 3rd, 2018... uh, ...Chris Watts was actually moved to an out-of-state location... ...due to security concerns. Uh, He was actually being targeted a lot because... Uh, funny thing is, um, I have a stepbrother who's been in and out of prison for quite a while. Um, I don't really talk much to him, but um, when I did talk to him, he did tell me that for some reason, um, prisons have a code. You hurt children. That's like a no-no when it comes to criminals. Like they, I guess criminals have standards, but that's like a no-no. You don't fucking do that. And if they find out, if the prisoners find out about it, they will make your life even more miserable than it's already going to be while you're in prison. So on December 5th, uh, 2018, he arrived at the Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but in Waupun, pun pun It's W-A-U-P-N, Wisconsin, to serve the remainder of his life sentences. And um, it's pretty fucking, pretty fucking sad to say the least finally the episode is finished done we put it in the bag fucking finally i'm sorry i know i was supposed to have it on wednesday it is now i'm being honest with you as soon as this is being uploaded i'm finishing it (laughs) i'm sorry that it's taken me so long it's taken me a month over a month to get this fucking episode out because i think i promised it on like june 7th maybe i fucking don't remember but i've just been really busy with work (laughs) With my family, and it's 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 really stressful sometimes to try to like get this done when I want it and cause I'm a perfectionist, and I know you're probably like perfectionist. This sounds like fucking garbage, <laughs> but I I try to like I want to make it perfect. I at least want to make it sound right. So I'm hoping you guys enjoyed this episode, and you found maybe you found information that you never even knew about Chris Watts and this despicable human piece of shit that he is. Cause I'll be honest with you. I have a daughter. She's going to be three in December. She's so she's two years old right now. And she's means everything to me. She's the world. She's the only thing that I think I've ever done right in my life. Am I the perfect parent? No, (laughs) by no means. Am I the perfect parent? Um, but it's like it's crazy because before I, when I didn't have a, a, a kid, when I didn't have a child, I would see my sister. She had kids, and sh- like the way she was with them, I would think I thought it was silly. To be honest with you, if I'm being completely honest with you, but the way I am with my daughter, and just like just seeing her smile, is like the best fucking thing in the world to me. That I have never, to be honest with you, there's been moments where I felt happy, but never in my life have I ever felt like this amount of like happiness just from just seeing my daughter smile. It is the best thing in the world. The first time I ever heard my daughter call me dad, it was amazing. It was like an experience that you can never experience until you actually experience it. It's the best thing in the world. And to be honest with you, my daughter, Emma, that is her name, Emma, she's the only thing I've ever felt like I've done right in my life. I feel like she's the only thing I've ever done, right? And it, it was really hard to do this episode and listen to um, Bella and Celeste when in the videos that I included with Shanann, knowing what happened to them, knowing what this fucking piece of shit did to them. It, it was really hard for me. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I almost broke down because never in my life would I ever think about doing that to my own child there is no words that I can describe to you about what I feel for these poor things man it's 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 sad for him to do what he did just because he didn't have the balls to get a divorce or the fucking balls to just leave it was easier for him to kill his family than it was to just get up and say you know what just to be a fucking man and say, you know what? I, I, I'm I, not in love with you anymore. I don't want to be with you. Yeah, that's hard. But I would imagine killing would be so much more fucking harder than to just say those words that I think it's we shouldn't be together anymore. That's so fucking sad. To know that he did that to his own fucking children. Oh my god. But... <laughs> Before I get fucking mad, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chris Watts episode. I finally got it out to you. It is now 6.42 a.m., and I'm barely finishing the episode. All the audio that I got, I hope you guys enjoyed everything. I know some of it was probably hard to hear because, um, for some reason, we have technology where we can take fucking pictures of Saturn and see, like, the fucking craters in the moon and shit. But for some reason, when it comes to audio equipment for our fucking local sheriff's department is fucking horrendous it's like super fucking bad but yet i don't know i we have our priorities backwards but i hope you guys enjoyed the audio i hope you guys maybe learned something new that you didn't know about chris watts and the whole case and investigation and everything um i got a lot of my uh like information and audio from obviously wikipedia but also from cbs um I did want to include another snippet of audio, but I wasn't sure if I want to include it. I will probably most likely include it in um, next week's uh, This Week in Crime. It's not going to be an episode because, like I said, if you don't follow me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast, you wouldn't know that I'm going to be changing up the formula of the way the episodes are going to be coming out. So this week's episode already came out, which is what you're listening to right now, which is the Chris Watts episode. And then next week on Wednesday will be a This Week in Crime episode. And if you're not sure what This Week in Crime is, stay tuned for that. But This Week in Crime is where I bring you new, old, (laughs) fucking fresh, true crime stories, news articles from around the world or right here in good old America. And I just kind of just discuss them and talk about what the fuck weird people are doing. The majority of them come from Florida because Florida... You know what the true thing about Florida is, though, is that the only reason why we get so much weird news from Florida isn't because Florida is just a fucked up state. All of the states are fucked up. But Florida has this law where um, they allow... Uh, what is it? It's sort of like the Freedom Freedom of Information Act. But it's like uh, they allow everything to be public, records and everything, they allow them to be public, but enough about that, so stay tuned for next week, for This Week in Crime, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Chris Watts, I'm sorry that it came out on Thursday, I know I promised it to you guys on Wednesday, but uh, I got busy, I couldn't finish the audio, (laughs) to be honest with you, I start work at 3.30 in the afternoon, no, I'm sorry, I start work at 5 in the afternoon, and I was working on it since I woke up, because I work from 5 in the afternoon. So 3 30 a.m in the morning that's when i get off of work so when i got off of work uh wednesday morning um i didn't go to sleep till like maybe seven o'clock because my daughter woke up and then um so i went to sleep like around s- no actually i lied i went to sleep like around three o'clock uh, in the morning because i actually had tuesday off I have Monday, I have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off. And you would think I would have time sometimes to record, but I, I don't sometimes, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I went to sleep around 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up, like, around um, 10.30, and I started working on it since then, uh, Wednesday. And um, I was just finishing it up, But I couldn't finish it up because there's so much audio that I wanted to include in the episode, obviously. Um, And then finally now, 6.42 a.m., I already finished it. And I'm finishing this up right now, what I'm talking about. And I feel like I'm dragging this out enough. So, again, thank you guys for... Tuning into Strange Talk Podcast, because Strange Talk Podcast would not be what it is without you, the listener. So a big thank you to you. Also, if you're not following me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast, you won't know what I'm going to be working out. So you'll be able to keep up to date with new episodes coming out, what they'll be about and everything. Um, And if you want to send me news articles, you can do so. Please, please do so. You can send me articles via Instagram. Just send me a DM at Strange Talk Podcast. Or if you want to keep it old school and discuss the news article you can do so by sending me an email via my email which is oh, sorry I'm yawning <laughs> my email which is strange talk podcast at outlook.com what's that email address you say it's strange talk podcast at outlook.com so go ahead and send me an email there if you want to send me some news articles so again without keeping you any longer than I already have because I feel like I dragged this out because I'm kind of sleepy uh Thank you for listening to Strange Talk Podcast, an episode of Chris Watts. Let me know what you guys thought of the episode. Seriously, just send me a message. Hey, I thought it was bad. It felt too long. Or it was really good. I don't care. Just send me a message. But the best way to let me know that I'm doing a good job is by going to iTunes, leaving me a review, and just telling your friends about Strange Talk Podcast. Be like, dude, you guys, yo, check this fucking podcast out. It's fucking dope yo that's what kids say right today nowadays so oh it's lit it's lit it's lit lit af (laughs) um so yeah so stay strange people stay fucking strange